May peace be with you. If you stick around at the end, there's more information about our community and how to find us. And now, here's this week's Centering Scripture, followed by the sermon. Okay, uh, this is the right side. Let's take it to about the half. And that is the left side, from there over. So you're the right. This is from Matthew 25, 31 through 45. At the appointed time, the promised one will come in glory, escorted by all the angels of heaven, and will sit upon the royal throne with all nations assembled below. Then the promised one will separate them from one another as a shepherd divides the sheep from the goats. The sheep will be placed on the right side, the goats on the left. (laughs) Sorry about that. Come, you blessed of my Abba God. Inherent the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. Naked and you clothed me. I was ill and you comforted me. In prison and you came to visit me. When did we see you hungry and feed you? Or see you thirsty and gave you drink? When did we see you as a stranger and invite you in? Or clothe you in nakedness? When did we see you ill or in prison or come to visit you? The ruler will answer you. The truth is, Every time you did this for the least of my sisters or brothers, you did it for me. Then the ruler will say to those on the left, out of my sight, you accursed ones, into that everlasting fire prepared for the devil and the fallen angels. I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you gave me no welcome, naked, and you gave me no clothing. I was ill and in prison, and you did not come to visit me. Then they in turn will ask, when did we see the hungry or thirsty or homeless or naked or ill or in prison and not take care of you? The answer will come. The truth is, as often as you neglected to do this to one of the least of these, you neglected to do it to me. Actually, let's pray. Let's pray, and then we'll jump into this. God, for this snowy day that we've all arrived safely, we give thanks. We give thanks for a weekend, and even yet this day, of four days of giving thanks four days of singing your praise, four days of intentionally being grateful. 
for such abundance, we are humbled. And now bless our time, the meditations of our hearts, and the words of my mouth. In your name we pray. Amen. So on Tuesday, earlier this week, out in the Circle Drive, a red pickup pulled up, a big red pickup, and it had a topper over it, you know, one of those pull-it-back toppers. And uh, Patricia and Monica were there, and Saru Kirchhoff met them with your gifts. 120 warm coats, 120 warm coats, sorted, bagged up, organized by size and style, and there was some Air Force pretty vintage bomber jackets in there, and there were some women's jackets, and there were handmade, homemade, beautiful stocking caps, and the abundance uh, was humbling, wasn't it, Sue? Your generosity, your bringing in of coats to gift our new friends. They went to the Camden Collective, which is a community ministry on the north side of Minneapolis that primarily serves Latin American, but really anybody who would show up at their door, they would serve with food and clothing and all kinds of assistance that's needed if you are new to this country. If you participated in the adult education series this fall, you heard about Patricia's arrival to the United States from Ecuador. The region of her country was a dangerous place to live. She herself was a person being exploited. Of course, the drug trade, the gang violence, and the general lawlessness had made ordinary life, just living and trying to do the things that an ordinary mother, parent, wife would try to do impossible. Now, Patricia's visit to St. Luke followed a story that was featured in the Minneapolis Star Tribune, and Dave Boselman read that story, and he said, I think we need to learn more about this. I think we need to bring her here. So from that connection came the opportunity for us to become good neighbors and participate in that Matthew 25 narrative. If you missed the class, it's available on the church website. So if you go to our homepage and you go into the education, you'll find all the recordings of our guest speakers from this fall series. Our Change for Change in the month of October gathered resources to help Camden Collective. And then there were some very specific needs for Patricia. As I was writing this sermon, the temperature had dropped to 23 degrees, then 17 degrees, and a warm coat became essential. If your homeland is Central America and you carried everything you needed with you or everything you could carry with you, you did not bring with you a warm coat for a Minnesota winter. It's a requirement. And Jesus asked to engage in this very particular action. Feed the hungry, give water to the thirsty, welcome the stranger, clothe the naked, care for the ill, and visit the imprisoned. Now, Matthew 25 can be heard from several perspectives. One commentator talked about it like getting your annual physical. You don't really look forward to doing it, 
But if we want to be well, we need to have a good going over, don't we? At least once a year. And most insurance plans cover it because it's such a good idea. We have our numbers checked. We look for problem areas. And we assess what's going well. And we might come away with a doctor's office for something that's maybe a minor tweak. Maybe something different we have to change in our health habit. And sometimes a major overhaul. We might sometimes feel like that's the bad news. That could be the recommendation. Matthew 25 is a little bit like going to the doctor's office. It's having our numbers checked. Doing that good review. How are we living? How's our health? So this Sunday is notable because it's called the Reign of Christ Sunday. It's the last Sunday in the church year because next week we start the new church year at the beginning of Advent. The text points us towards what happens at the end of our life and the end of living times. And I'm not saying that's an easy pill to swallow. It's actually a pretty hard reckoning. The the narrative points us to a deep reflection on how we live out our Christian faith. The image of sorting sheep and goats tells us there is a measuring and an accounting, and the spiritual metric is based on how we treat our fellow human beings. Now, Matthew 25 has become a movement in the Presbyterian Church USA, And there are congregations across our denomination that are really trying to use this metric, the very text that that Bob and the right and the left and in our laughter and in our kind of discomfort. They're taking those texts and using them for self-examination and also development of what is the intentional areas that we want to be as Presbyterians. The first thing is to build congregational vitality by challenging people and congregations to deepen their faith and get actively and joyfully engaged with the community and the world. The second premise is to dismantle structural racism by advocating and acting to break down systemic practices and thinking that underlies discrimination bias, prejudice, and oppression of people of color. The third thing that Matthew 25 congregations do is they work to eradicate systemic poverty. They work to change laws, policies, plans, and structures in our society that perpetuate economic exploitation of people who are poor. Matthew 25 also addresses climate change and gender justice. Our denomination we are, our numbers are going down. A lot of what we see at St. Luke looks like the larger church. And I think what we have in there is this opportunity for what I would call distillation, really becoming very intentional, very forward-focused congregations. And that's what our denomination is doing by transforming church by transforming neighborhood churches and help them become more vital congregations to serve the least of these is really the goal. Serve the least of these in the local community and around the world. If we go back to that Matthew 25 full piece, we have to look at it in the arc of the full gospel narrative because you could read it and see double standards. 
you could read it and you can feel the knots that it creates, right? There's a, a complexity to it that is not theologically easy. So really this text deserves Bible study, adult education, and classroom work that's better suited than just a five-minute sermon. So dig, dig into it, um, and maybe that might be something we want to do together. So for today, let's close by observing that it's possible, it's possible for me and for you to be both a goat and a sheep. We can be both a goat and a sheep, the right and the left. And we are all capable of being that generous person, that generous person in that narrative who is surprised, surprised that our kindness is valued by God. God sees it and values that generosity. And at other times, we feel the weight of missing the opportunity. We may have missed the opportunity that offers deep and authentic care for other human beings. So in the end, each of us, each of us is God's favorite project. God wants to teach you, God wants to teach me the fundamental lesson, the secret, the truth, that to love is to live. And we say, thanks be to God. Amen. As a church located on Lakota land in Minnetonka, Minnesota, St. Luke is a joyful, inclusive, intergenerational, and compassionate community on a spiritual journey seeking to do justice, make peace, and to walk humbly with God. We invite you to join us live for virtual worship each Sunday morning on Facebook or YouTube, or by following the worship links on our website, stluke.mn. Thanks for listening. May you go in peace.